The following podcast is part of the 6040 Network. Hello and welcome to Everything Small Business, your shortcut to start, build, manage and grow your small business. I'm Cherie. And I'm Spencer. And in today's episode, we're going to explore the four key areas that can make or break a small business and discuss how to stop your business from dying. By the end of this episode, you'll be able to confidently identify and tackle areas of your business that could be hurting it, as we believe lessons learned should be lessons shared. Can I tell you a story? I love stories. Well, this isn't going to start off so flash, but it's going to end incredibly well. So this story is about a client that I had that we've helped Uh, over the year. And it's to work through the things or the difficulties that they were having in their business in order to bring them out at the end with a structure. So I'm going to start with the reality is, is that this is not a sexy topic, but it's one that's foundational. And it's one that every business needs to know, because there's a lot of shiny new objects out there. And it's so easy to be distracted and sucked into that shiny newness than it is to focus on the foundations of the things that will actually make your business better. So this story does start around 12 months ago and it was basically as COVID was really kicking in, there was a whole lot of um, uncertainty at the time and this client was unfortunately about to in a position that they were going to potentially lose their home. They'd overextended on mortgages. They were going to have to look at taking their kids out of school. They were on the verge of breaking up uh, and that was sort of what was the catalyst to come and have a chat to me about you know, what it is that they could do. It's obviously much easier when the situation isn't as bad. However, there's a lot of things that can be done even when things look their absolute worst. And that's sort of the one of the things that we focused on uh, when we built 6040 was how do we build frameworks to be able to help people in small business? And that's what this pretty much where it came from. So it's about strategy, capacity, cash and clients. Now they are like a three-legged stool you can't have one leg shorter than the other and it all needs to work in harmony in order for things to be balanced. The strategy is sort of the seat that keeps everything together with each of the legs being the, the capacity cash and the clients. And they don't necessarily need to be all, like they need to be even, they need to be balanced, I guess is probably the better way to say that. So with this particular client, we actually got them to focus first on strategy, which might seem like a, a bit of a strange place to start simply because Although cash was their pressure, the reality is that they needed to know that they had the vision in order to be able to trade their way out of where it was that they were. Because you know as well as I know that small business is hard. It's rewarding as heck, but it can be incredibly hard. And unless you've got buy-in from everybody to be part of the journey, you're probably not going to get where you want to go if you're a family and there's only one person who wants to get to that end result. So we got everybody together. Uh, we sat down and came up with a plan of, okay, do we want to salvage this business or do they do the worst thing and, you know, potentially uh, go down the path of insolvency? They chose that they would prefer to see that they could trade out. They felt confident about the business that they had, about the future contracts that might be coming up, even in the time that we actually had in the uncertainty there. And so what we did was we shortened some of the aspects. So normally, like we said before, we run these in quarters. So to be quarter one is we tackle strategy, quarter two is the next thing. So this one, because of the time pressure, everything got compressed. So we looked at the strategy aspect, got them to come up with a vision, like exactly where they wanted to be. And we didn't go crazy. It was literally like, where do you want to be in the next 12 months? 
and then came back to our metrics. So this was all done in about two weeks. So it was a quite an intensive intervention, I guess. But basically what it was is that we got them to sit down, we mapped out their business, we took a brutal look at exactly where they were. And sometimes that can be one of the, the a, quite a confronting part of actually getting people to sit down and look at just how bad things are, where the creditors were, the credit card bills that were chasing up, the unpaid mortgage payments on the house that was basically a security for the business. I mean, all of these things go into it. So having that sort of a harsh look at where exactly you're starting from is the only way though you can see a path to actually build to get out of it. So we did all of this in about two weeks. We really had a a deep dive hard look. We had a look at could they trade this out? What were the metrics that they would need to build out? And then we started to look at the cash situation. So we knew by that point, because we had done the work on the strategy side, um, at the same time we'd been working on cash. So obviously in taking a brutal look at their finances, it got us a really good opportunity to have a look at the cash aspect as well. How could we budget? Where could we budget for themselves as a family, so personal? And then how could we budget for the business? We had to do that in order to identify the shortfalls that were going to be there so that we knew exactly what we had to package up in order to be able to go to a funder and potentially get cash to trade out, but do so confident in the knowledge that they would be able to get there. So a lot of these things happened a lot faster than what we would normally try to roll them out. And that's usually because when we deliver these as programs, we try to not overwhelm a business owner. The thing about this story is what makes it a little different is is that everything for them was happening at the same time and they were at an like an imminent Critical. point. Yeah, an imminent point of failure. So basically everything sort of happened at once. But there's always still that structure that's there. And it's always the four key elements. It's always strategy, it's always cash, it's always capacity, it's always clients. So lucky for them, one of the advantages that they did have is they had fantastic clients. So they actually had a very specific niche, which is something that they had good flow coming through from that. So even with the shock of COVID sort of uh, closing down a few of the avenues for them to how to make money. And of course, they were a front serving business. So a lot of those restrictions then meant that they weren't able to basically attend a site to deliver those fronts, uh, you know, front service type things. And that was that was problematic, which like other businesses, they had to have some agility to work out, well, how can we deliver a product or a version or some offsuit, offshoot of a product? And how could we deliver that in such a way that would still enable us to do what we do, pay for all of our bills, because obviously they had employees, they had rent, they had obviously their own expenses. Personal. Yeah, I mean, everything that goes into it. Plus, not only that, they didn't have the current expenses. They also had a history of like three months now of accumulated debt. So lucky for us, we were able to to use a very good client base in order to be able to frame up a plan for us to get there. So what we did was we tackled all of this in around three months. So essentially, we did the strategy, like I said, we worked out what the key metrics were. We worked through their clients. We looked at their cash situation, cut pretty much everything to the bone, looked at what we exactly needed to fund to know what the shortfall was, and then we approached a funder. Now, it wasn't our preferred approach because obviously they had mortgage debt. We didn't really want to take on a huge amount of extra debt because it was it's not nice. Nobody wants to be in that position. But they need to breathe. Absolutely. And so we went to a second tier type lender and were able to package up our offer to them. 
So we put together an actual lending package and said, look, this is, yes, we know the situation's not flash. Here's where we are. Here's where we know we can be. Um, even like, and most lenders won't touch people who have tax debt. They had tax debt up the wazoo in multiple entities. So there's there were so many challenges to get past. But the reality is, is that we were able to present this in a way to be able to say, look, we can get past this. Here's all the work that we've done. Here's our vision. Here's our specific plan for how we're going to deal with the next three months. Here's the firm commitments now we've been able to get from clients to be able to serve it. They already had capacity because their staff were there on the sidelines. Now, the other thing is, is it should be remembered this was right at the start of COVID. And at that point, nothing really was like JobKeeper was something that was in the wind, but not formalized. And certainly there was no legislative backing for it at that point. So we didn't know what the qualification periods were or whether they'd qualify. So for us, it was an, a potential, but it wasn't not something to bank we, on, not to put in the plan. hundred percent. We couldn't rely on it as a potential option. So we had all of these things in place. Now, Essentially, it was a lot of hard work from the from the client, certainly, and their family to sort of pull together to do things, to make the cuts, to make the changes that they needed to have to deliver this. But fast forward three months, we had these client commitments, which were working amazing. The cash had started to improve. Forward another three months from that, so six months from the time that we sort of stepped in, they were actually starting to see months of solid cash flow, like positive cash flow. They were actually able to start dealing with all of their past debts. They'd kept up to date with the actual um, loan repayments that they'd been making on this new serviceable debt. So we were actually able to get essentially a working capital um, cover, but we had to pay it back in tw in, in 12 months. Yeah. So they were being able to serve essentially a 12-month loan facility and pay it off in principal and interest bites over that same period. 12 months later, they've actually ended up having the best financial year that they ever had and to be honest, they would not have been in that position if they didn't take that brutal hard line right at the start and I guess make such a firm commitment as a family unit to decide that that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So that's been fantastic. That's an amazing result, especially given the circumstances that were happening outside of that, at the things outside of their control like lockdowns and restrictions and all those uh, all COVID-related type things. It's certainly easier when a lot of the issues that you have are with inside your own control, about 100%. When they're outside and there's no certainty about what's going to happen or timeframes for things or um, like press releases that you can't, you, there's no detail there to be able to actually unpack to rely on with certainty. Yeah. And I mean, at that point they had five staff and then they had three contractors and they felt so close to their staff that they had felt obligated to keep them on even though it was personally putting them more, like further and further into debt. Yeah. Imagine if there wasn't all the, the, the bad stuff going on far out, they would have had even better year. It, it's interesting that um, one bit that you said, like stopping and actually seeing where you are. It's all, I guess that's almost like a bit of a, an accepting, like this is the situation. Once you've accepted that, then you can kind of mentally then work out, like start to work on how you can work get it through that what was the biggest challenge i guess in doing that with covid like the restrictions i guess if it's a service-based business how did you get around those sort of obstacles we were very fortunate with the timing i don't think you could take one thing for credit out of that um essentially the the lockdowns and some of the limitations 
were more relaxed, um, especially here in Queensland, which did allow them to be able to go and uh, do certain installs and, and things like that. They didn't fall under the construction exemption. They, they weren't uh, eligible for that, uh, which meant that we did have to actually make sure that we complied with a whole bunch of the other legislative requirements. So making sure that all those boxes were ticked, um, it did require some travel, which obviously given moving um, targets as far as, as things like that, it, it did definitely made things more challenging. Scheduling became a lot, a lot more ha harder or a lot more difficult and also getting raw stock in. Obviously, you know, when all of this happened, shipping rates absolutely went exponential. Um, there was massive time delays in the supply chain. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that certainly worked in their favour um, that we we could not take any credit for. But being able to actually plan and think in advance, that was actually what, what was incredibly beneficial because we did plan so far ahead, ahead as to what we expected. So clients couldn't commit six months in advance. But what we did was take what we could reasonably assume, and this was part of our planning. So we used a risk matrix to actually, like this probably on a little bit on the boring side, but we used a risk matrix to actually make a determination about well, what was the likelihood of the cause, um, a likelihood of the action happening, and what would be the impact of the action happening, and where would we likely be in the future with this particular, being able to service their clients. So they actually had made a decision, even with their cash flow issues, we knew that there was a potential foreseeable, like a very high probability of foreseeable that supply chains would be impacted. So they actually made a big order, even though the working capital was not in a good position because it was likely that this was going to happen. And very- so an educated, a semi-educated decision. They're not just, you know, risking or just throwing it, caution to the wind and just going- for it um it wasn't without, a, yeah, yeah it wasn't a pun it was certainly no, an educated not gambling yeah yeah it was an educated approach to what we considered the likely outcomes of this were going to be and so they did quite a big order and it took five months to get the stuff into australia landed and distributed which lucky well not, yeah lucky um planned lucky i guess yeah um was actually at the time that our uptick had sort of suggested from six months, like month six to month nine was when we'd be likely seeing a potential change and increase for clients. And that's actually what put them on the front foot because a lot of other people had actually stopped their buying. And yeah, it so meant they're that they starting were to look for supplies where they've backed themselves, supplies land right when they need them mm -hmm. and good to go. Yes. Which is great, which is, yeah, I guess that strategy, like, to, yeah, stopping in and planning, mm -hmm. have putting in that annual plan to, um, and even like you say, that was what six, um, planning for month six through to nine or the third quarter, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So having that, yeah, the, the full plan in place. Yeah. So we did um, a 12 month plan right from the start. Yeah. Uh, even though we knew there'd be huge variables that sort of sat within there. Uh, it was a, it was a necessary, uh, so we, we had to be adaptable so that we could, you know, up, up level or, you know, downshift as required. Um, obviously the biggest one, and that was trying to make an an estimation about the shortfall in the working capital in enough time to be able to fund it without creating a desperate situation. Yeah. The the funding bit I think's interesting or like maybe reassuring for people because I guess not knowing who it is, but I think you, you mentioned it was a second tier lender. So that's obviously not a big bank and I don't think a big bank would even look at that, would they? So it's good to know that there are options available even if you think that things are dire but it is in how you plan put a strategy put the forecasts and everything together and how you approach those people for them to con consider 
helping you or, you know, backing you? Yeah, we, we, put, we took the approach of let's create a super positive business case. So not ridiculous, not pie in the sky, like reasonable assumptions that we'd used, but explain it, not sugarcoat it, be open, be transparent and say, look, these are our issues. Here's the risk management matrices that we've set aside. Here's what we think is likely, not likely. Um, here's our best case and worst case scenarios. We think we're probably going to be, you know, somewhere in the middle here. And this is the level of shortfall funding that we need. And we were improved. We were approved within 48 hours. That's awesome. Mm. And I think you mentioned at the beginning, like it was impacting on the relationship. Mm-hmm. How did they come out the other side of this? Perfectly fine. In fact, they've, they're probably closer now as a family. I'd imagine they, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. A lot stronger. To pull, pull together through some adversity like that and back each other and come out positive is, is, is really good. I think it was getting the commitment from the start. It was yeah. like, okay, here's, here's all the cards that are on the table. Here's where we think we can get to. Here's where we want to get to. Um, cause obviously too, for them, like small business is a, it's a challenge. And small business isn't necessarily something that you can walk away from and it's not a job. So a job you can quit when things, you know, get a little challenging. And you're or, not happy. Yeah. yeah. Small business, you can't. There's no such thing as quitting a small business because either it's that you still have to wind it down. You can't just wake up one morning and go, that's it, I've had enough. I mean, no. l- literally you can, but I mean, the, the reality is. <laughs> no. But the, the flip side of that is, is that you still have to f- close it down. Like, yeah. so there's still, it's not, it's not a finite thing. So you decide Saturday, it finishes Saturday. In small business, it could go for another three months while positions get unwound or while, you know, jobs get finished or while certain promises that you've made need to be kept. So that I think was part of it. The other aspect is, is that they were committed to small business. They, they knew that this was such a driver for change for their family and it had been successful in the past. Not that past success is any, you know, indication of future success but the reality is is that they knew or had confidence that they could pull through to to get to the front and the other aspect too that we did is we took a very transparent approach with their clients we flat out approached their clients and said look we need this this is the funding that we're going through um obviously we didn't share everything but we certainly were a little bit more like open about it and i think which can be confronting i imagine for the business for a business like you don't want to you always want to be seen to be profe- uh, successful or professional and, and all those sort of things and sharing maybe some information like that with your clients could force could, could lead to them losing confidence maybe in you as a supplier so to or like or as a contractor or as a provider well we took it as a super positive approach and just did it very proactively and said look hey we need to have a meeting with you this is the situation we've got a couple of different options on the table one of them is uh, we need to be able to get funding in order to continue to service what we need to do for you. Uh, to do that, we need some firm commitments from you about the next three months with a view to six. And, you know, some it was it was surprising because this wasn't a big company, but it was a reasonable sized company. And they came to the party. They actually... Um, without requirement or without, you know, any intervention, they actually were paying these people's invoices on the within seven days of when they were issued and previously the terms were 30. Yeah. So even just changing things like the cash conversion cycle, we we didn't request that. We were actually had done our budgeting on the original um, sort of terms that had been offered and they offered that after yeah. the explanation in the meeting, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, you know? amazing. Well, at the end of the day, businesses people isn't it small business Mm. you know it's people dealing with people um 
and honesty and transparency can build relationships. Mm-hmm. I would agree um, with that. Which is great. Because so basically this is like this was a little bit more longer than 12 months ago mm. now. Um, so obviously we're sort of 15, 16 months past and that relationship with those clients are is stronger than ever. And believe it or not, they're still actually paying on the shortened time cycle, which obviously my client really appreciates. Yes. So happy days. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, at the start of it, like, I mean, so this is a story that, I mean, the reason that I shared this story is even though that it started from such not flash beginnings, the transformation in such a short time frame using a framework was incredible. Yeah, what's it, what's actually achievable if you put in the work and, and and make the decision to do something? I think so, and it's about having the structure to, yeah. to do it and to make those decisions in. Yeah, you know that I think did make a substantial amount of difference there. Plus the communication, the communication between themselves as a family, themselves with their customers, and themselves with the lender, uh, made it. I would say made all the difference. Yeah. Amazing. I do really like this framework. In business, sometimes you can tend to overcomplicate things and things can get too, well, well, I'm not saying this isn't complicated, but it does, I think it does come back down to those four pillars or those four elements that you said, like strategy, where you're going, have you got the capacity, cash and clients? So the four things really that drive business without overcomplicating it. I definitely agree with that. So, I mean, this sort of a thing was specific to their industry for that particular time. But like I said at the start, this is a foundational elements that every business and every industry can access. And through 6040, we do have the... Succeed program. And I really like the the framework. Um, I know you mentioned like you did that super fast like you like, and you had to run a few of the things concurrently. For anyone listening that really resonated with that story, what would you recommend... Or like what is something that they could do now? To do right now. To do right now. Okay. So, I mean, obviously any of our listeners can go and do these things um, or tackle each of these four areas themselves. And in terms of our podcast, this is going to be a theme that we always come back to, the the three CS. So pretty much any topic that we talk about is always going to be a strategy, capacity, cash or clients. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we can do if you're looking for some more personalized help, we do run cohort-based um, three-month time-framed specific programs just to help you get more structure about how you're going to approach it. But we'll drop a link to that in the show notes anyway. That's everything small business for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date with our show, please subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you know someone who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them or share it on your socials and tag us. Until next time, this is everything small business.